It's a Spire Kid Podcast with a very special guest, Doug! special episode of the Sparkin Motion Picture Review, Sparkin's podcast where we talk about all things movies, and this is actually a supplemental episode because um, something interesting happened on that wonderful streaming service called Disney Plus, and no, we're not talking about the Goofy incident that we talked about in the Zan chat. <laughs> um, there's been a recent show that I stumbled upon called Props... Um, called uh, Prop Search or Prop Something. I can't remember the name of it. But they're going through props from different movies. And the newest episode, they went through with the Muppets. And they actually showed all the props, what happened to them, and how important they were. The best thing, I think, was they have in Manhattan, they have the prop from the first Muppet movie of Gonzo's uh, the, the fake plunger man that went on top of his car. Oh, that's fantastic. The great Gonzo uh, yes, uh, plumbing uh, icon or hood ornament had that on there. And also it had the uh, Studebaker. And the Studebaker did not age well. Is it a Studebaker or is it a Studebaker? That's a good question. The bear's natural habitat. habitat yeah. <laughs> it is. So, yes. Prop culture has been very fun. Yes. Uh, so, uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Zan. I'm Greta. And I'm Doug. Yes. So what we're going to do for this, because we were inspired, by, I was inspired by the Muppets, is we're going to be talking about our top five Muppet movies. Now, each one of us obviously has different five, a different top five. So how we're going to do this is we're going to go one by one for each number, kind of like how a certain website that reviews games on YouTube does it or did it. They don't do it anymore like that. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with. Doug's number five, and then Greta's number five, and then my number five, then going through to number our number ones. Now, some may vary, some may be the same. Now, we're going to be covering the different um, Muppet movies and specials, because there are a bunch of specials that came out that most of us don't think about, or we don't remember. For example, one that I think that a lot of people just don't give a lot of credit to is, um, well, what did you say? Follow that bird is a Muppet movie because certain Muppets do show up in it. It's that gray area. That's. I think I think we're gonna find there's a lot of legal room with some of these definitions anyway. Yes, but um, we also our main we have our main eight Muppet movies plus some of the various specials. So we're gonna start off uh, easy and quick. Uh, so, not easy and quick, but let's go with it. So. All right. Well, Doug, what is your number five? Um, I'm going to start this with the caveat that I think, uh, yeah, oh no, my five is pretty my solid five. It's only, um, I'm going to go with just the Muppets. Um, the second most recent, uh, theatrical film where they introduced Walter and everything like that. And it kind of brought the Muppets back into attention. I mean, it, it was a little bit obvious that it was like trying to see, if they could make, you know, the Muppets of, you know, a very solid franchise again and maybe launch another movie franchise and stuff like that. And you saw stuff afterwards that but it's it's a fun outing, like it really plays with the idea of what's you know, what is a Muppet versus what's a real person in this or just a human in this world. And it's like characters are brothers, but like one's a Muppet, one's like, portrayed are you a Muppet by him. or are you a man? Yeah, a man or a Muppet. Exactly. Um, it's, you know, it's a little fun thing. It's It definitely plays that nostalgia for it, but it's not, no one's, pun- you're not punished for thinking about the past. You're, it's like rewarded for thinking about it fondly and everything like that. Um, 
it's you know it plays it has some good cameos it's a good Muppet movie where they do a lot of the jokes of like playing with you know joking against the tropes like oh the fastest way to do, get somewhere is to travel by map <laughs> <laughs> and things like that I mean that's it's got the DNA right there it's just it it, it doesn't quite the reason it's kind of night number five is it doesn't have as much of the panache as some of the some of my later choices, but it's still it's an it's still an enjoyable entry into Muppets, and I think it's a good, uh, enjoyable one. I think the only thing it really suffers from is that you have this is one of the few ones you have to really kind of go in with some previous knowledge about the characters and how they interact in their relationships. You have to have at least seen some kind of Muffet movie. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily all of them, but some. Yeah. But some. Yeah. That's a very good point with it, because it is a very big nostalgia trip, The Muppets from 2011. But it was also a love letter, a mm-hmm. lot of people say. Uh, so, Greta, what is your number five? So, my number five is Muppets Most Wanted. With the with the evil Kermit, with the magic mole, all of a sudden he's completely different. I think it's hilarious. It has all of the good. You have a good hero. You have a good villain. There's like the jailhouse scene is one of my most favorite things, and I feel like my my fours, my four and five, like kind of flip flop and whatnot, but. I love it. It's kind of classic. Kermit is kind of the way that I grew up with Muppets is Kermit is the good guy. He's like Jiminy Cricket, but the main character. So seeing him be caught up as the bad guy is like, ah. (laughs) So that's, that's my number five. That's a good, that's a good number five. Also with uh, Tina Fey, being a headliner in that's kind of. Oh, I love that's, Tina Fey. In that. I, I it's it also has some really good running gags, like um, Sam the Eagle and his counterpart at Interpol showing off their, the size of their badges. <laughs> like that, that I love that running gag. And Sandy Eagle, like I don't like him in a lot of the other Muppet movies, but he has a good part in this one. He he takes the spotlight. Yeah, he uh, well, Sam D. Eagle is one of those Muppets that is a um, I, I do want to say he's a uh, he's a very nuanced and very particular character that some really like and some really hate. And it's weird when uh, most of the Muppet show is made in Europe in England. So it's kind of but. Yeah. So my number five is one which takes one of the more, not lesser known, but one of the more backstage characters and puts them to the forefront. And I'm talking about Muppets from Space. This one is a kind of, not swan song, but it is a, it's a nice love letter to Gonzo, where you find out kind of what's going on with him, that he is, well, in interviews later, Dave Gole and Gonzo, both of them say that this is just Gonzo playing a role. This is the reality. He is still a whatever. But the fact that he's an alien, and I do like all the little aspects of it, like Bobo the Bear being the very kind of like, I'm, I'm, your, I'm your assistant, but uh, you want to get a jalapeno? <laughs> or we'll take my company car, and it's a cement truck. I do like that his cereal talked to him. Yes, the cereal talked to him, his sandwich talked to him, and it's a fun movie even though there isn't a lot of singing in it i do love the fact that they had a lot of funk in the movie mm-hmm. and i love the uh gonzo aliens how they were like gonzo with the canon and it's just it's a nice moment i don't know why it just seemed like a great just fun film it's interesting because well it's gonzo's story i think it, it, it's i was it's another good muppet movie that debuts some characters or gives spotlight to characters that you don't think about. You mentioned Bobo and Pepe the Prawn also gets a lot of good moments in this uh, movie too. I think it's, they 
they definitely get kind of for the B list. They get the MVP. Yeah, that's a good point. One of the things too that kind of like so we had I I had to rewatch this one to try to like really remember it. And the scene where they're breaking into the facility and they have the rubber ducky that makes them invisible. Flash forward to we're in lockdown with the whole COVID-19 thing and everyone's learning how to wash their hands. And um, Fozzie, Fonzie I know where you're going. <laughs> goes to use the little Fonzie room and comes out. And all you see are his hands because he washes his hands. Uh, Fonzie, did you wash your hands? Of course I did. My mama taught me. I, I like, had completely <laughs> forgotten about that joke. <laughs> and, th- and then he's like, and like, it's just like, it meant so much more to me, like right now with everything going on. Oh, I love, he's like, he's like, not, uh, what is it? Mom said never, n- no exceptions. No exceptions. <laughs> and, and while there was no running gags in the movie, I did enjoy, I think it was was well done. And that's something which is important for most of the Muppet films. There has to be a good running gag. Like in the Muppets, the running gag was the maniacal laughter, I think. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal yeah. laugh. Really yeah. So moving on to my number four. Um and I think my th- my my four and my three could swap back and forth. Um and this is gonna be a tough one to talk about, but it's the Muppets celebrate Jim Henson, which was the special they did after he passed. And it's, it's yeah, part of it's the biography and stuff, but it also has all the cuts of them trying to figure out how to do a celebration of this. And this is like the whole kind of climax is them waiting for Kermit and they have to move a desk or something out of the way and they find a box of letters from fans saying how much, you know, how much they are, they're going to miss Jim's genius. And, you know, Fozzie, you know, kind of who's trying to take point of this because Kermit hasn't showed up yet is, you know, like, well, we can't have this group. thing like the man just died. And the climax is with the, them singing this song, um, Just One Person, which is actually from a Charlie Brown uh, bit. But, you know, it's it captures so much of the spirit of it. It's like, we're, you know, so much of what makes good Muppet stories is that we're stronger together. We get through, we celebrate the good times together. We, we rally together when things are bad and everything like that. And remember how to laugh because it ends like, oh, well, you know, Kermit walks in and it's like, I know you guys could do it. And it's like, okay, well, now that we're done the serious part, you guys got any ridiculous stuff? And like, do we have any ridiculous stuff? Um, but there's just a lot of neat look back, looks back, and it, I think tying it together, having the Muppets bring in the different transitions and the different aspects of his, his life that they bring through makes it accessible to everybody. It's it's something for you that the kids can watch and understanding that Jim has passed, adults can still enjoy too. And the fact that you can have that balance is so creative. And it's it's one of those things that it really does reassure that the Muppets are still the Muppets even without Jim. They won't be the same without Jim Henson, but they they there's still a lot of his spirit there, and. For me personally, the passing of Jim Henson was like the first time I learned of someone that I idolized as a kid dying. And like it was the first time I could understand what that meant at the time. So it had a very profound impact of me on me. So but rewatching it, I still really love it. And I still love how sweet it is. And it's a nice, big, warm hug. And it's a beautiful tribute. And I think there's something that's really sweet about the way that Muppets always break the fourth wall. Yep. Like they include you. And I, I choose to believe that some of those letters were real, just fan mail. I, they, I, they didn't have to I, make up. I, I, I really think they are. I have no reason to doubt it. So I, they gave a very good um, explanation for it without breaking the fact that Jim was, Kermit, they'd be like, "Oh, he's one of those guys we saw crawling around the floor, right?" Yeah, yeah. And they all look down and everything, and it's just—it's moments like that that just 
again, it's not to remind you not to take it too seriously and that this is supposed to be something fun. Yeah. yeah. So. And it's it's he will be missed on over time and but uh so what is your so, number four? My number four is Muppets Take Manhattan. There's the you know, Kermit gets hit on the head and kind of forgets who he is. It's the the pulling things from your surroundings to make up weird stuff that everyone just kind of goes along with, but it ends with the whole big wedding. And I love those old Hollywood, like, song and dance numbers. It felt very kind of Broadway, very, Mm -hmm. like, Muppet magic. Yep. And I have to also say that my number four is also Muppets Take Manhattan. And that's kind of the reason it's Broadway, because they're going to make a Broadway show. That's the whole reason for it. And they did. They even had singing cakes. Yeah. They have a it's. A well-done film, and it is also, to bring a point to uh, your number four, Doug, it's also Jim's last movie. Mm -hmm. And that's a little heartbreaking with that, but it's a really well-done movie. And also some of the things that it's set up in motion for later on with some new certain characters, also the introduction of the Muppet Babies as a fantasy scene, becoming their their cartoon cells. It's it's got some great numbers in it. And... uh, yeah, I think that's all I could say about that. Uh, running gag for that one, I don't even know what the running gag for it was. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, that transitions well because my number three has a great like kind of stage, almost like golden age of Hollywood number and everything like that. And that's uh, The Great Muppet Caper, um, which I, uh, I like. This is one I just adore and it's one of the most solid just overall Muppet movies that you can just go into and I I've heard movies recently described like here some of your favorite ones that you just go in and just kind of zone out and is described as a warm bath and this is a good example of that you just get into the moment but like it breaks the fourth wall right away because Kermit tells you that oh Fozzie and I are playing reporters <laughs> and it's like it's all about the hey a movie you know it's Hey, a movie, there, and all the stuff that's going on like that for the opening number. But it has that big, like, um, swimming scene with Miss Piggy. Uh, I love that scene. I, I love the pun of that the, the, the MacGuffin is the baseball diamond. <laughs> 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 because it's this guy the shape. Um, I love the running joke of the, um, the folding bed in the wall that keeps throwing up all inside, or the light bulb breaking. And happy, like happiness hotel, and just like how everything just throws everyone in there, and like I love that the spirit of that is like you know what this place is a dump, but it's our dump, we love it. It's um, one of my favorite sight gags. Is you know they reveal that Fozzie and Kermit are are reporters they're working for a newspaper, and they're like oh they're brothers, and they meet their boss, and it's like oh. It's like, well, the only reason I gave you a job is I'm friends with your dad. And it cuts to a photograph of the boss with, like, a green Fozzie with the, like, perfect <laughs> color. And that joke just, every time I see it, it just cracks me up so much. It's, But it's so funny. Um, one of the neat, neater technical bits about that is it's got the, the bicycle, like, love song bit. And it's got all the, like, an army of Muppets on bicycles. And they they say like in the final shot where you see everyone on bicycle. If you look far in the distance, like you can see a little speck. That's Brian Henson on like a giant tricycle, pulling them all to make the mechanism work. So from a technical aspect, it's really cool. But again, it's just a fun story, and it's a it's a great romp and just some. It's it's got all the good in me. And the last thing I'll say on this is we we were talking about Sam being. Some of the thing, uh, you know, a uh, tough character to nail sometimes. One of his best lines is after the happiness hotel line. He looks out of his room just at the madness and just looks at everyone. You are all weirdos. <laughs> but it's also that, but it's also said at that, with that kind of tone of like, he's there by choice. Like he could leave, but he is like, yeah, you guys are weird, but 
I've got nowhere better to be. <laughs> so, my, my number three is Muppets 2011 with, what's his name? Uh, Jason Siegel, I Jason think. Siegel. Yeah, Jason Siegel? Jason Siegel, yep. Yeah. Um, I always want to refer to him as one of his other characters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> From a, from a certain TV show? From where... a certain TV show that tells a story. Um, but I love him and his brother Walter. That moment, that song of Am I a Man or Am I a Muppet? It, there's so many like references to his later movie that he does with the Muppet Dracula puppet show that he puts on. What is it? Chasing Amy? No, no, no. I, I know the... the uh, Chasing Sarah Marshall. Yep, that's yeah. it. But... I love all the cameos. You know, you hit on it before where it's, you kind of have to know it. It's a test. Can we bring back the Muppets? Is that going to be a thing? Can we kind of relaunch it? I love that Jack Black is hoodwinked into it. And he's like, no, <laughs> Why I'm, am not... I <laughs> right. I'm not a co-host. This is not a bit, you know, <laughs> um, Hobo Joe. I just like, it's just feel good. The maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh, you know, like the bad henchmen don't want to be bad henchmen. And at the end, they're like, this is how you do a maniacal laugh, you know, like, um, that, that's one of my favorites. And it has like the, the big classics for me of it. It kind of harp, harps back on some of the originals, you know, one of my number one favorites that, you know, we'll get to and all of that. But it has Miss Piggy as, Miranda Priestley from Devil Wears Prada, or um, what's her name? She's the editor. No, that's Miranda Priestley from Devil Wears Prada. Uh, uh, no, but in real life, I don't remember her real name. So you know, it has Emma, like, Bl- Emma Blunt being the Emily same character. Blunt, you know, it has like all all of those good like feel good moments, and Miss Picky's at her best. She's got her yeah. hair changes and the whole thing. She's got great costumes. Jason Segel and Amy Adams are like were such perfect casting choices for a Muppet movie. Oh, and she like slowly gets pissed off, but she's never really angry. (laughs) Yeah, well, oh, oh, jeez, and uh, yeah, it's another good one. Like and like the 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 opening sequence with life's a happy song and everything. That's such a great. Yes, (laughs) it's a good song. It is a good song. It is a very song. But then, you know, like, and I like that they go into the museum and Walter's like so excited to be there. That's totally me. I'd be in front of like a rundown thing and I'd walk in. Like, if it was Downton Abbey and the thing was like the door was hanging off, I'd be like, but look at the door. It's you, you'd do that at, at the Dis, at the Walt, if it was Dis, if Walt Disney's uh, oh, office. She'd be like, I, yeah, exactly. It's like, I am Walter. Uh, well, for me, my next one is actually a special, not so similar to, but this one is one which is near and dear to me because it's one the real introduction of Robin, but he's not Robin. It also has introduction of one of my favorite uh, characters who's a full body suit. We're talking about Sweetums. I'm talking about the Frog Prince. It's a retelling of the story of the Frog, uh, the Princess and the Frog, or the Frog Prince. And it's uh, Kermit is um, kind of a bystander while Robin is playing the Gawain, the Frog Prince. And it's interesting because you have all these elements that work so well in it. Like the fact that, like in the Muppets movie, it's okay, um, Gary and Walter are brothers, but they have two human parents. Meanwhile, in the Frog Prince, you have a human mother and then the father is a Muppet. And it kind of fits better. Like, the world is developed better. I love how it's done. I love the fact that the princess talks Miss McSmash. And it's just, it's a nice little callback. And it's a very fairy tale-ish. And I like that um, Kermit is able to break the fourth wall constantly. And just like, like, here's how this works. But it's not intrusive like some of the other ones where, for example, uh, Muppet Treasure Island, where they're constantly stopping. And it's like, it takes you out of it. Like, oh, we're going to have now um, ski... um, we're going to have all the rats going on a cruise ship and then they're going to be on scuba gears while other people are walking around and it's just kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Sweetums is one of the, the best designs, Muppets. Well, we can talk about designs later, but from a design aspect, he's such a great recognizable design. And he's such a nice, and this one, he's a bad guy, but every other one since then, he's scary, but he's such a, he's a sweetheart. Yeah. He's a Sweetums. 
Like in um And in, I love how he runs with his big floppy feet. He's like, uh in um the Muppets, you see him at the same place he starts in in the Muppet movie. It's well it's the the son's uh car dealership. It's the same dealership with the same broken down beetle, but he's I think it's technically a bug. It's, it's a bug. It's a bug. It's a bug. But it's and then he runs Still after two thousand dollars. It's like, wait, ho- wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Get back. Yeah. He's so fun. Uh, so where are we up to? Or oh, number twos. We're at number two, and I will fight anyone who disagrees with me on putting this on the list. Um, Muppet Christmas Carol. I freaking love this. I mean, this was... We talked about uh, Muppet Caper being the last one before Jim passed. This was the first one after. And it does sting a little every time... You see that first opening credit of In Loving Hem- Memory of Jim Henson, but it's a great adaptation of The Christmas Carol. It's a tight, uh, like, it keeps moving. Like, it goes through the plot pretty quickly. Um, it's. We talk Gonzo's about. Gonzo's a great narrator. Yeah, Gonzo and, and uh, Rizzo as the kind of the narrators, and, you know, not just leaning on the wall, fourth wall, like breaking it and exploding it, <laughs> but it's it's so... been crazy Harry who was breaking the wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's it's one of the best integrations of Muppet and uh, uh, human characters. Like just from that uh, opening sequence where you see everyone just interacting normally and stuff like that. Michael Caine is phenomenal as Scrooge. I. I, I love him forever for this role. Um, he it's and there's some, some great memorable songs there. Uh, uh, one more sleep till Christmas is a phrase I know I'm not the only one who thinks about when it's Christmas Eve. Um, I love the the song from Ghost of Christmas Present. Um, wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas, and you know how it kind of gets to the. Aspect of it, you know, the message, the, the line, the message that we hear it is make it last all year. Like, don't be kind and giving to people just because it's Christmas. We should be doing it all the time because it's the right thing to do. Um, I l- love the choice of making Sautler and Walworth the Marley Brothers. And, you know, how they're heckling <laughs> from beyond the grave. It's so many neat little things. I think the only down thing I can say about it is how it's released now because the original theatrical version cut out the song uh, The Love Is Gone which is basically Bell's dumping Scrooge song and it slows down and it's very sad and it does slow down the movie but that was on the, the VHS home video release that I watched for years and years and years so I just thought it was always part of it. But now when you get like the uh, some of the DVD and Blu-ray releases, like the DVD version I have, which I will hold on to, you have a choice. You can have the widescreen, see everything that was shot version, or the version with the song that's, you know, formatted to fit an old style TV screen. And I, every time I watch it, because I watch it every Christmas... I have trouble deciding which version it is I, I want to see. Um, it's interesting, though, because, you know, Gonzo and Rizzo are primary characters. Uh, Kermit is, and Piggy are the Cratchits. Fozzie's barely in it. I mean, it works perfectly to make... You barely... You, you gotta make him a uh, uh, wig. It was the name's perfect right there. But it's interesting that he's... He's a site... He's a side character, but you never feel like, where's Fozzie? You never, like, you never miss him. But it's not that he's, you know, a bad character. Of course not, it's Fozzie. But it's not his story to tell, so they don't try and shoehorn him in. Um, and, of course, even years later, it's interesting to see how some of the... Because Jim Henson's stuff is always trying to experiment and stuff. And so you saw that CGI with um, the Ghost of Christmas Past and some other neat effects, like that weird like whirlpool effect when uh, Ghost of uh, 
Christmas yet to come transitions between areas and stuff like that. Like that was groundbreaking then. And it still looks like it has aged really well. And I think it's because they made it work. Like they didn't like force it in. They really integrated it. And that's one of those things again, that Hanson was an innovator. He was always looking for how can we add new things and what else can we do? What haven't we shown before? And I think that's why it still has the spirit of Henson in it more than I think any other post Jim Henson Muppet production. That... I, I love Christmas. Zan doesn't let Christmas start till December 1st. Um, I like to celebrate Christmas in July. Um, I, I love this one also. But The Christmas Carol is not one of my favorite stories overall. It's, like, so sad. But I I have a hard time with this one. And it's made it to my list and kicked off my list. Made it to my list, kicked off my list. Because I love Michael Caine so much. And um, I thought they did it really, really well. But my number two is The Great Buffett Caper. I Mm -hmm. am, give me Miss Piggy up front. With glamorous costumes and fabulous hair. Give me diamonds and jewelry and old, you know, gone by eras. Like, I, I grew up and I had a pool in my house. And my sister and I used to spend hours and hours and hours in the pool underwater trying to perfect that circle that those <laughs> women do. And we were, like, pretty darn good, I have to say. If there was more of us, I'm sure we could have re- reproduced this. But that whole, like, water scene and her coming out of it and being, like, just falling into the fountain, like, all that happened in her head. I relate to Miss Piggy so much. She might be one of my favorite all-time Muppet characters, like, hands down. But the costume, the hair, the show numbers, like, all of it, it's just too sensational not to be. And I fight for one and two with this one, but um, that's my number two. Now... That is a good one, and I do. And like the Great Wolf is a good movie. It just for me, it was never reached my top five. It just didn't pull enough to me, just for some certain reasons. And I love Charles Grodin as Nikki. The uh, what is it? His official term is Nikki, the uh, unreliable parasite. That's his official name. Yes. In that's on his door. That's his door. And I like all those little things about it. I love the fact that it ends. When they steal the diamond, it's a baseball game. And just like, at first, it's like, oh, it's a heist. And that becomes, it's, it's literally a baseball a game. <laughs> they, sitting they, in a glove. They've got, the, yeah, they've got like the announcer. <laughs> they got the uh, announcer, scooters bringing out popcorn. I want to I, I shout out one other scene that I forgot to mention because Greta mentioned Miss Piggy. The scene where she's faking into the, like, uh, sneaking into yes! the house. That, with John Cleese. With, you know, with John Cleese, just, I mean, John Cleese is. So, so great as a straight man and he just worked so perfectly in that scene (laughs) Uh, for me and he even gives like a dinner recommendation (laughs) (laughs) and they get the money for it through to taking photos my scene for that is the is of course because my favorite sesame street character well i do love cookie monster there's one character i love a lot more and he's got a lovely cameo and it's in reference to another cameo because I'm um, not going to spoil who the actor is, but he gets thrown out of his cab, and then Oscar the Grouch pops out. What are you doing here? <laughs> like, what happened? I got thrown out of my cab. What are you doing here? A, a little cameo. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but for my number two, you said most of what I was going to say for my number two, so I've had to rack my brains. Because my number two is Muppet Christmas Carol, because it is such a vibrant and amazing version of the christmas carol story and there are hundreds of different not hundreds there's like 50 different versions of this and there are always slight differences and similarities and i don't know if everyone can truly appreciate zan putting a number two christmas movie on any kind of list <laughs> die hard <laughs> yeah but that's continuously debatable like Lies. this is huge for you <laughs> but it's because the movie is such a, a quintessential um Muppet movie, and it's a great adaptation of a great seminal classic by Charles Dickens. And it's very um, it's very faithful to it in a lot of what it does. There are a couple of gripes that you could have, like, for example, when uh, they move things around. Like, originally it's his nephew that says, I want to say, 
I want to say a toast to my uncle. They move it to uh, Kermit as Bob Cratchit saying it. But they do a great job uh, rearranging it for a lot of scenes. And one thing I do really love about it is that when it gets to the ghost of Christmas yet to come, they kind of stop the gags. Except for except for the Muppets that are dealing with it, like it's the pig, it's the pig businessman, and then it's um I forgot the spider's real name, but he's playing Old Joe. And there's that that whole bit where they admit, "Hey, this is scary. We'll see you yeah. later." <laughs> like yeah, part, part I mean, and that's part of like one that's great from like if you think about it for kids of like saying yeah, even the characters are sc- like. Even the people that are supposed to be silly and goofy are admitting that this is scary. Like it's it's giving the kids the okay to be scared at that moment by that. They do, and also another thing is that I love how they show how the Christmas present is almost like become he enchants and he brings out the best parts of Scrooge, and you see Scrooge slowly warming his heart. He does that little bit of like he slowly starts dancing with him, and he's getting better and better. Like, and, like, there's, and, yeah, it's that, it's showing that it's, like, and, of course, the line is, you know, come in and know me better, man. But it's, well, it's letting Scrooge know that's, like, no, you, you always had a place at the table. You were always welcome. And it's, that inviting him in, it's, you know, maybe it's a little bit of dragging him out, kicking and screaming. But it's, like, yeah, we know, we know this will be good for you. And... The fact that like Scrooge could joke with them, like, oh, you know, over two thousand, however many of my brothers and sisters came before me, and Scrooge's Marcus, imagine the grocery bill, and <laughs> that he Ghost doesn't roll his eyes; he just laughs right with it. He's like, "Yes, see, you're making jokes," <laughs> and it, it's great because other versions of it show when the scene when uh, Ghost of Christmas Present throws Scrooge's words in his face. They do it in a very cruel manner, like this. You know, this is how it should be. You know, you want get rid of, uh, let them die. So get, uh, was it um, reduce the surplus populace. Yeah. In this version, he's saying it like a kind of like uh, teaching him. And yeah. when he goes away, it's kind of heartbreaking because you yeah. see he's aging over time. And I like that they show him slowly get more and more gray, like they've done in all the other versions. But this one's pointing. He's like, I don't want you to go. He's like, my time's up, and he's like, and he's like, gonna cry. I love that scene about it. Uh, I do. Oh, go on. um, um, I just want to say one other great Ghost of Christmas present lines in that that sequence, and just kind of shutting shutting Scrooge down, but not like like reminding him that it's like what the actual spirit is. You know, no pun intended. um, Is just you know, like you're missing the po- kind of a you're missing the point is you know Scrooge is looking at the Cratchit spoon and his comment is you know such a meager feast and the Ghost of Christmas Present fires right back but very much appreciated and it just just shuts it right down like that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, he keeps him in check, and besides that, some of the other nice little elements with it are. Um, you feel bad for uh, I forgot the bunny's name, Bean. Like, Bean, when you see Bean shivering at night, and then later he shows up and he's like, "What day is it?" And he's the it's Christmas Day, sir. <laughs> and I yeah, like he's got such a great attitude. You know, he's saying his song. He was asking for a penny, nothing. He's shivering, surrounded by like old newspapers. You feel bad for him, but he'll he'll walk around carrying a turkey, just happy mm-hmm. like to live in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's one one last thing is that at the end, usually it's, oh, he just shows up at Cratchit's house, the turkey's delivered, and then he reveals the whole thing. This one, he actually goes to the people in his life, and he makes things better. And I love that it goes back to Fuzz, Fozzywig, and it goes to Sam the Eagle. Sorry, the British Eagle. Yeah. Because they're in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like... What's great is that that whole sequence, those and then like when he's going to Fred's house, it's during the kind of the instrumental bridge of the song. There's no dialogue, but it gets the point across without needing any dialogue. And that's, you know, just good direction there. Yeah. And it opens strong with when the walking sequence, the opening sequence with uh, Scrooge. It's a song, but you don't. They don't have to spell it out, really. You see just with the feeling of it. 
Like when they say, oh, he's probably just misunderstood. And they just walk <laughs> past and, nah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So with that in mind, our number, we're up to our number one. And I've got to admit this. I think we're all on the same page with what number one okay. is. May I interject? I don't before, know. I don't know. May I interject before we talk about number one? Because I, I want to yeah. say, like, there's yes. going to be a there's going to be stuff that's not on this list. I mean, there's several movies, and there's a lot of like, including uh, specials in this list, did make it a little tougher. But even when it's a not great Muppet uh, outing, it's still an enjoyable time. Like, it it's always at least good. It sometimes it's great, sometimes it's amazing. But I think I've never th- saw gone to any Muppet thing and think. I wouldn't watch that again. There's ones I'd rather Agreed. watch more, but I think yeah. even the even the lowest of the low are solid entries. Yes, so, they are. So to our listeners, if there's one that we think you should include, please let us know. But we don't. It's not that we think there's bad because there's definitely ones that I had to hem and haw and stuff. And like, if I had to make a top, yeah, this is six, hard. Yeah, like whittling this down to five, like would have been hard. Even whittling this down to ten. Well, there's only eight movies, so that would have been all the movies. But then the, yeah. the specials are what makes it kind of tough. So, um, oh, uh, one thing. I think yeah, I think every Muppet movie has been a great Muppet movie. And they're good for adults and for kids, and all the characters are well done. Well, even though some of the films are not as focused Although as... Although Miss Piggy's the best. She has the best costumes and hair and jewelry. So. Uh, and I didn't bring it... Well, we uh, before I forget, one thing I did love about Christmas Carol is I love that Sprocket is one of the background... Is the first character you see in the background from Fraggle Rock in one of the mm-hmm. windows. And he shows a lot. Anyway, so back to the number one. I think we all agree um, number one... For... Well, what is Doug's number one? Oh. My number one is the Muppet movie. What? Oh, my number one is the Muppet movie. And my number one is ni- 1970s. I want to say nine? 79. The Muppet movie. 79, the Muppet movie. Moving uh, right along. It's got to be like the best Muppet song. How, how many times, like, if I'm like, all right, let's well, move it on. Like, when someone says, like, oh, we're moving on, you think moving right along or stuff like that. <laughs> No, or you think but, of a bear in his natural habitat, a Studebaker. Studebaker. I, I, so I, uh, not this year, but last year, New Year's Eve, I was in South Bend, Indiana, for because I was going to the Winter Classic hockey game, and we got to go to a New Year's Eve event at the Studebaker ma- uh, Mansion because uh, they have function space there and everything, and they have their own uh, line of uh, beer. So I took a picture of my beer with the the Costa Susan the Studebaker Mansion and sent it to my brother. Then just with the with the caption, "A beer in its natural habitat." <laughs> but it's like there's lines like that that just I love and like. What sealed this one for me is it's like okay, if I could only show someone one Muppet movie, like if there was only one Muppet movie ever made. What would be? What would it be? And it's like I kept coming back to this one. This is set all set set everything up. It's you know the the fourth wall breaks, the running jokes, the interactions with humans and Muppets. This is where everything created, and it's some of the best examples of it all. Of it all. Everybody has their own moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like some of the other movies where it's just. You know, um, in The Great Muppet Caper, which is one of my favorites, you know, Kermit and Miss Piggy go out on their date and, like, every single Muppet in the movie comes with them. So yeah. it's like, and sometimes it's like, okay, there's too many too many back, background characters for the scene, like, edit people. But, but in this movie, everybody has their shining moment. They all yeah. get to take credit for something, show what they're best at. And the whole movie moves right along. Like there's there's like never a down point. It's like the whole thing just keeps on. And it, I think it utilizes its human characters greatly in a great way. Where the main characters are the Muppets and the humans are background characters. Unlike say Muppet Treasure Island, where Jim he's good in it, he just kind of feels like a detraction. Like you could have had a Muppet 
be and just have Long John Silver be a human. And this one, it's not that. I mean, you have some great, you have an amazing cameo cast. Like, and also Doc Hopper is a great villain. And like, can we just not say how sweet Kermit is again? Because he's like, you know, when I think about all those frog dogs, I think about all of the frogs on crutches. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's so he's so pure. Uh, <laughs> but it's um, it's stuff like it, like again all the cameos and like there are so many great cameos like Milton Berle, um, why am I, Richard, Bob Hope, uh, Orson Welles. <laughs> it's like it's, uh, Madame Khan is the uh, myth. Like well, everybody, <laughs> yeah. anybody has been in at least one Muppet movie. Yeah, Steve well, and Martin. Yeah, and that's why you think about oh, St- I will get to Steve Martin because that 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 he's near one of my all time favorite parts of this. But it's also like it set that up, and it's it's one of those things like you look at who did the Muppets, the 2011 one, and so much of that is kind of the phone rings and it's like, do you want to be in a Muppet production? Who says no? Like, who's going to turn that down? <laughs> and even then, like the Muppets were pretty big, but this was like, yeah, yeah. I just uh, I love uh, Mel Mel Brooks in it as the evil oh. Nazi scientist. Yes, and of, uh, and of course you cannot forget such lovable uh, uh, lush ones like uh, it's like what type of ice cream you want, honey? Don't call me honey. <laughs> no, no, no. I see what you did there. <laughs> That and uh, of course, bring 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 me the standard rich and famous contract, contract. Which, do, which does come back to play later on. Yeah, which was um, a nice callback. And but like, oh, there's um, so there's a couple songs like all the, again, all the songs are great. Um, the 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 very sweet one is um, I'm going back there someday, which is just a great one and has. One one a great line of the you know there's there isn't a word yet for old friends you've just met and I I think about that when I meet someone that's like I instantly hit it off with that's such a great line um, moving right along is a great road trip song <laughs> um, but my all time favorite and it's probably top of my list for Muppet songs is uh, I, I hope that something better comes along which. Again, that's the scene you know that Steve Martin introduced, but it's Rolf and you know Kermit thinks he's been like kind of left at the uh, the restaurant, and Piggy's walked out on him, and he's loaded down, and Ralph's just kind of you know like, well, let me play you you know kind of a song to cheer you up, and it's you know kind of that little bit of sad songs are the best ones when you're down, but it's a it's a catchy song, and it's like still kind of like, yeah, this sucks at the moment, but optimism too, and it's like acknowledging the fact that you know love is complicated you know you you want some you wish it was better but at the same time you don't want to be alone and miserable but the thing that just always amazes me about this is rolf and kermit are both voiced by jim henson this is him doing a duet with himself from a technical yeah. aspect, that is amazing. <laughs> it's such a it's such a cool thing to think about. Um, again, other little technical things like this is when the the first time you had Muppets riding a bicycle. Like first, it's just Kermit um, in this, but and you know again, Muppet Caper just exploded that. You have that bit with Fozzie and Kermit dancing on the stage, and so you're seeing full body. Muppets that aren't, you know, body suits, things like that. And it's just like, again, that's pushing the envelope and seeing what more we can figure out. <laughs> and of course, so many great puns and s- silly jokes, like drinks on the house. <laughs> hey, aren't the soldier drinks in the house? Everyone runs out and goes to the top. And of course, the, have you tried Harry and Krishna? <laughs> What are the one of the ones the things that I love too is you know we were watching that special about the props the props and you know there's the old sign from the sleazy sleezos l sleezos yep so. you know and they were talking to you the, know the son of the, the, the creator yeah and 
it, every piece of it meant so much to everybody who was involved in it, which you could tell. You could tell that every single person who worked on this loved what they were doing. And they asked, you know, what's what was the hardest part about... I know I always take it back to costumes because they're the best part, but what was the best... What was the hardest part about, you know, doing the Muppet costumes, you know, and the girl was looking at it. She's pulling apart the one costume. She's like, well, the, you know, the pearls for, for Miss Piggy were twofold. They were demure and feminine, but it hid the seam. And you can see this dress is, this was a tablecloth. We just like made it, you know, and, you know, they're laughing about it. And she goes, you know, the hardest part um, was not doing it anymore. Like it was mm. such joy, but like that, that for me comes through in all of the movies. There was so much joy in everything that they did. The Studebega, Gonzo's truck with his like little Gonzo guy on it, you know. Uh, we didn't even talk about the Electric Mayhem bus and the, the introduction like of them switches like um, about a minute in, switches to them reading the script and go flashing back yes. to see that happened 30 seconds ago. Yes, and, and just... as they're playing, the roof is literally like jumping off of the yep. like broken down little church. And then I love that they. How do you guys know we're here? Well, we read the script, yeah. Yeah. so we showed up. <laughs> and that became a running gag throughout all the all of the Muppet movies. Where later on, it's like, oh, if we don't do this, it's going to be a really short movie. <laughs> yeah, them just smiling, winking at the camera, and it's they did have such fun doing this, and you could see it's friends doing it together and it just it's you get that the feeling. only one that was ever really like scary was the christmas carol yeah like treasure island even like in the scariest parts there it wasn't really that terrifying i mean there's other jim henson productions that are terrifying but as far as muppets yeah and that's ugh, there's just so many neat moments but again muppet movie it's like if you could only watch one and yeah, there's a like you could argue that you need to know a little bit. It's like, oh well, no, this is our origin story. It's approximately how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that opening is the best when they they yeah when they're coming in and it just it says is this and it's Robin and him just sitting there while all this mayhem is happening because they're getting ready to watch their movie and I think that's just seeing dog dog lion just like is this seat taken <laughs> no, walks just... away like the the puns the sappy jokes the one-liners like like the the all the underwater scenes like not to take it back to miss piggy in that epic underwater scene but even in treasure island when they're underwater when the mice are underwater and they're scuba diving and everything when you think about putting making a muppet character and putting it underwater and what that does you know where they place the bubbles for without cg you know like where they're doing all of that and it's just i love it and taking it back to going underwater just that opening once that's in when the movie officially starts jim henson underwater with that log and you see kermit the yeah. frog yeah playing and, rainbow connection which is that iconic yeah, moment i was gonna say and that's and that's one of those things that's really we we didn't even get into that like that is Outside of the, the theme song to the, the TV show, Rainbow Connection is the Muppet song everyone knows. Yeah. Like it is that it is the Muppet song and it's it's a beautiful song. It now is kind of taken on a bittersweet tone. Like you think about it and now it's, you know, almost it almost feels like it's morning Jim, but it's still such a great song, you know. It's but it has like those lines of you know don't you know don't stop believing and or don't stop dreaming and things like that don't stop believing journey sorry <laughs> but <laughs> it's confusing you know, it's you know just so many great things and it's again it set the it set the not only set the standard it set the golden standard of what things should be going on right now you know and it's a it's a it's a message which is still relevant to this day. And I do love the uh, back to the show we watched. The last prop that they found because they have the original well not the original because the original one is buried with Jim, but they had on uh, in Brooklyn they have um, uh, one of the later uh, Kermits. But at the end, the writer for Rainbow Connection shows up because Brian Henson took out of the vault 
the banjo. Oh wow! And it's it's just and it showed the craftsmanship that you're never gonna see in the movie. You were never gonna see the back of the banjo, but still, yet when he flipped it over, there was more on the back of the banjo. There's yep. little lines and you on see there. like where you could see where he held it, and he talked about how important it was working on it, and also how you know just the song is such a pivotal and great not great i want of that want a word stronger than great i want that's awesome a, i use awesome a lot but, I can, I know. but awesome um just a magnificent song that just it's well done and it's still good uh, still important to this day like we've said and this is one that anyone should that if you have a chance watch it it ages real it aged really well there's funny scenes um like the harry krishna joke a lot of Modern kids are not going to get because hair Christians aren't allowed in the airport anymore. But that's one throwaway joke, and that's the thing is, if you don't get that one, okay, maybe come back to it when you come back to it as an adult. Oh, that's what that is. But yeah, but like, I mean, like right. besides that, like the the besides the telephones and the the movie aged amazingly well. And even if they don't know who the the people doing the comedy are, and they don't get like Dom DeLuise. Uh, Seeing like, oh, say hi, say hi to my friend Al. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you and like the, I think that's one of the reasons why I go back to this movie so much more as an adult. It's like, well, now I know more of these actors. Like, I didn't know you know most of these people growing up. I just knew them as humans interacting with the Muppet because it's again, it's not like the Muppet Show where it's like, oh, our special guest so and so. And now I go back and it's like, wait a minute. That's Madeline Cock. That's Mel Brooks. Like, realizing how many people are in there. So it's... And that's, I think, what makes is... It it keeps them as characters. It never... Like, watching it later on, you're like, oh, cool, that's bring it in. But you can just watch it as a kid. You, you're not losing anything by not knowing who the actor is. You gain something by seeing it later on, but you're not losing anything by not knowing who it is. And again, that's why it comes back again and again, and it set that standard too. Like, heck, the first time, like, probably the first five or ten years of watching Muppet Christmas Carol, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, I had no idea who Michael Caine was. I'd never seen anything else he'd done. I just knew he was a guy that was playing Scrooge and did a good job of it. And now it's like, oh, oh, this is a big deal. (laughs) <laughs> so it's yeah it's it's he's he's michael kane uh who is uh well i know him from alfie but i know him from other things as well and most people know him from the chris nolan batman trilogy but he's he's a very because com- he was what alfred right he was alfred he's like the best alfred he, he's just a very great and the fact he did it is such a gr- great uh choice i one of the things i love in movies is i love all of the the flubs you know, mm-hmm. when you catch... I wish there was an outtake reel with this. I, I well. But I love all the... So those are the, like, the little things that I like to look for. I like to look for wardrobe malfunctions and who left a water bottle sitting in the back and things like that. And um, I've caught, just from rewatching it again, um, you know, in the Muppet Caper where Miss Piggy went from being a puppet to a full-size costume that was perfectly sized when she's in that water scene when she's shooting up and going to dive in when it changes from muppet to person in suit and diving in and there was the the bus driver from the happy happiness hotel happiness uh, hotel there's certain scenes where up close he's a muppet and far away it's a guy in a suit that's when they're driving like literally driving this crazy crazy bus around the street (laughs) Yeah. So, like, you catch more and more of those, and you're like, the magic that they put into this is truly movie magic. Remember, the Muppets are real. The Muppets are real. It's just the the, the other people. They're like, and they Miss dro- Piggy has the best pork chop ever. Hi. Yeah. Har har har. It will never get old. I will still say that joke to the end of time. Hi. Yeah. Ah, but yeah. So <laughs> this is. I think this is a lot of fun. This is very cool nostalgia and going back to uh we may continue this with a second segment where we're going to be talking maybe about our favorite non-main character muppets 
because we could talk about Kermit and Miss Piggy and Fonz, Fozzie and Rolf. But, Gonzo. And Gonzo. But there's so many other characters, so many side characters. I mean, um, one that most people know because of a stupid meme is uh, Bip Bipita, or as most people know him as, Manamana. 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 Yeah. Yeah, but it's just like, I think that might be a fun little segment, but I think that we've hit the nail on the head with this one. I think that we are done with this. But this is fun. If you like this content, let us know if you want to do some other interesting old school uh, elements. Um, I will actually think about doing some of the other Jim Henson properties, but we've talked. Well, we actually haven't talked about some of the other Jim Henson stuff, like Mirror Mask, and uh, we did do a review for uh, Age of Resistance, but we never talked about the original film for Dark Crystal. Yeah, yeah. Which that's a uh, you've seen Dark Crystal, right? I have not. You have not. I, I, I that is one of the few gaps in my Jim Henson stuff. Um, we might need to have we might need to have your fresh personal objective on that. Hmm. <laughs> uh, you've I, seen I, Labyrinth, though, right? Oh, of course. Okay, David Bowie and his awesomeness. With the... I, I, I'm pretty sure if I had not seen Labyrinth, uh, my girlfriend would have um, tied me down. You know, taped your eyes open. You know, clockwork oh, Levitgo Le- 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 treatment. <laughs> Yeah, if I hadn't. Oh, yes. I, the, so. the, when, when I joked with her that I hadn't seen Princess Bride, that was, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, I have seen it, don't worry, but another. <sighs> That's one of those one. well, Princess Bride is one of those ones that we should, like, do, I was thinking we do a MST3K style, like, do a, a Netflix party chat, see if I was interested. The only thing I have to say about that is, as you wish. Uh, inconceivable? <laughs> inconceivable. <sighs> Which is only said five times in the entire movie. I do not think that word means what you think that means. So, but yeah, but yeah. again, Jim Henson, Muppets are, movies are some of the best of what the spirit of Henson is, even outside of the Muppet properties, but they are such a great example of that. So, Yeah. So I think that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, bo- ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's it. Woo! Yay! <laughs> Doing the Kermit wave. But we'll talk to you guys next time. I'm Zan. I'm Greta. I'm Doug. We're gone, so catch you guys next time. And uh, keep loving the Muppets. See ya. Menomina. We're moving right along. Yep. That's a good one.
Bana bana. Bana bana. Bana bana. Ah. Uh-huh. 